Welcome, welcome to another... Welcome to Pottercast, the official podcast of the Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. You hear that, Earth? The Leaky Cauldron. And now, Leaky's own, Melissa and Ellie. Hello, Potter Pandas. Welcome. It has been such a week for Harry lovers, and so we have all the news and discussion you could ever want about it on this week's Pottercast, which is our 46th. We're mixing up the format a little bit today with an in-the-know segment, the long-lost segment, because the guy who's on it is so special we had to give him his proper due. Some of you might know Wednesday is LeakyNews.com's sixth birthday, and as such, we brought the grand high pooba of TLC history onto the show, Kevin C. Murphy, the guy who started a little tiny news blog called The Leaky Cauldron in 2000. He comes by to talk to us about what it's like to log on to this tiny, tiny thing he created and see what it is today. Also, the Modcast this week is all about portraits in the Wizarding World, what they do, what they're capable of doing. We also have a recap in the way of the clip from the recent J.K. Rowling appearance on Richard and Judy, in case you missed it, and would like to hear what she said that caused such a whoop-to-do, like anything she says doesn't cause a whoop-to-do. Unfortunately, this week, we continue our little canon conundrums hiatus. Steve Vanderark has had some personal things to attend to, but we hope to have him and the segment back shortly. We'll let you know on the main site of leakynews.com when that's coming. Also, a big thank you to the fans in our feedback forum who have let us know that the nominations have opened for the 2006 podcast award we knew the awards were coming but sort of didn't realize the nominations had started until you told us that you were already voting for us and thank you that's that's really nice so to make the process a little bit easier because we know you guys aren't really always the types to sit around flooding things um we've got some special instructions for you at the end of the show at the very end after the uh funny (laughs) outtake this week so stick around there are some very very important things in there so make sure you listen to it thanks a lot And on that note, I want to say how happy I am to be back this week. I suppose one week off and nearly a year of podcasting isn't too bad. Now, I didn't hear too many complaints about how the show went last week with John in charge, so let's see what he was up to. A friend, you probably haven't heard our show in a while. But you get heard every week on his show, our buddy Andrew over here. That's me. Yay! Oh, Andrew's on the show. All right, one muggle boy. Not so bad. Let's see what else they got up to. I'm Ben and Parker. Two muggle boys? Could John find no one else? Was no one from Leaky around? Yeah, punch him in the face. What? What the hell kind of advice? Okay. Uh, yes, but if you were Harry, would you want to die a virgin? What? Oh. What the? What did he do to my show? Look at Sue. She's she's Death Eater. Sue as a Death Eater? That's it. John, John Noe. What? I leave you alone for one <laughs> week. Just one, one week. What? Even like a couple of days. And you fill the podcast with muggles. You tell little girls to punch people. And now you're talking about Harry's sex life and how Sue's a Death Eater. Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. We had fun last week. <laughs> we didn't talk about anything different than any other show. Pretty much the same old, same old. Same old. You advised violence and you insulted poor Sue. Oh, poor Sue, nothing. It's not like we called her names. We just made, you know, another broad general stereotype on our house is all. Oh, yeah, because she's taken that so well in the past, John. (laughs) Oh, no. Nice going. Nice going. Insult our staff. My goodness, that's the last time I let you run the show. 
Ah, oh, gee. I blame those muggle boys, though. They seem to bring it out of me, I swear. And speaking of muggle boys, was there, like, no one else around from Linky to fill in the holes that you had to go to MuggleNet? Well, you know, it's not like we have a particularly large amount of people oh. working over here. And, you know, for, for some reason, most of them seem to be reluctant to get on a mic with me. Okay, why am I, why am I not surprised? Look, uh, let's just go do the show. I'm never leaving again. I promise everyone. Boo. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Next time, Sue can try it out. And she can fill in. That's a great idea. Let's go to Sue now. I mean, like, right. right now. Take it away, Susie. Listening to the news? Again? As if a normal boy cares what's on the news. Hello, everyone. Here are the latest Harry Potter news headlines for you. Well, topping our news and most media everywhere, frankly, have been the comments recently made by author J.K. Rowling in a new television interview where she spoke about Book 7 and some possible deaths in the last of the Potter series. Joe said that the very last chapter, which she wrote back in 1990, has now changed slightly, and some deaths of two characters not originally planned will now take place. The final chapter is, is hidden away, although it's, um, it's now changed very slightly. Is it? Yeah. One character got a reprieve. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> you are, I, I was but I have to say, two die that I didn't intend oh. to die. So, oh, so too I, much I, loved ones. Well, you know, a price has to be paid. We are dealing with pure evil, so <laughs> <laughs> they don't target the extras, do they? they? They go for the main characters, or I do. We saw plenty of media reaction as well following the further comments from Joe in the interview regarding the possibility of killing off our hero, Harry. Joe did not specifically say whether she would or would not have Harry die in this last installment, but she said she's hoping to make the series hers and avoid sequels by other authors in the future. I've never been tempted to kill him off before the end of book seven because I always plan seven books and I, hmm. that's where I want to go. Right. I want to finish all seven books. Yeah. I can completely understand, however, the mentality of an author who thinks, well, I'm going to kill them off because that means there can be no non-author written sequels, as they call right. them. So oh. it will end with me. And after I'm dead and gone, yeah. they won't be able to bring back the character and write a load of... That never struck me before. I so just thought I, it would free you. Well, I mean, Agatha Christie did that with Poirot, didn't she? That's she true. wanted to um, finish him off herself. So you say you can completely understand it, but you're not going to commit yourself as to whether... Well, no, I'm not going to commit not. myself. No, it's not. I don't want the hate mail after <laughs> anything else. Absolutely. TLC was asked for a reaction from this news from Joe, and we now have several videos and audio clips for you online as Melissa appeared on behalf of TLC to respond to all of this. For complete video, audio, and transcript of this and the entire interview with Joe on the Richard and Judy show, you can find all of this by clicking on leakynews.com for much more. In other news now, the Canadian band Weird Sisters has now been ordered to pay over $100,000 in legal fees stemming from their attempt last year to block WB from distribution of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. This was all over the use of the name Weird Sisters. The Canadian band lost their case after it was dismissed last November. Finally, the case of a Georgia woman's continued attempt to have the Harry Potter books banned from the library shelves in her county will now result in the Georgia State Board of Education holding a public hearing on October 3rd to review the matter. Previously, these claims by the woman had been rejected by her local school board, but she has since filed an appeal which the state board must now review. Well, for all your magical needs, you can always find it at leakynews.com, which is updated continually with the latest in Harry Potter news and is your best source for all things Harry Potter. And now, on with the show. Welcome to Pottercast number 46. 
Hello again. Here we are. Nice to see you guys, sort of. Yes. N- nice to hear you too. You're back! Yes! Sue. Sue, I missed you a lot. <laughs> Sue. Oh, it's so nice of you to miss Sue. Sue, I missed you, you know? tons. Yeah, I missed you, Melissa, but, you know, there was somebody else. I don't know. John. I don't know. I, I, I don't I don't know. I no. Oh. Aww. No, what, I don't know. There, there is somebody else who managed to fill my absence with oh. every single MuggleCast boy he could find. I know. <laughs> I know. Thanks, no, John. I mean, Andrew sure. and Ben and MuggleNet Greg. I go away for one minute. Boy. For one minute and we turn into MuggleCast. I swear. <laughs> no. John was like, I'll be, it'll be great. It'll be great. I'll, I'll, I'll cover you. I can I can do it. I can handle it. I, co- I turn around. There's muggles everywhere. I know. I was really surprised uh, at the mailbag, too. <laughs> it's like, I, wait. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> they told that little 11-year-old girl to punch somebody in the face I because know. they were making fun of her heart. Sue, did you ever think that we would need a woman more on Pottercast no. at that moment? No. Oh. I was shocked when I heard that. I was like, uh-uh. Especially, hey, you know that that school principal can just send an email to Andrew at staff.mugglecast.com. <laughs> I have a feeling he's going to get quite a few emails. Just a bit. <laughs> on no. Pottercast, on Pottercast, we're telling little eleven-year-old girl, little eleven-year-old girl, you wear your Harry Potter addiction proudly. Absolutely. That's what Hermione would do. Yes. That's absolutely. You don't let them get to you. You say, "I am. I like what I like. You like baseball. I like Potter. Potter. So that's it. That's right. Well, exactly. anyway." Good. There. Now cleaned up mess feel, number one. feel better John. now? <laughs> Slightly, John. Anyway, it's good. But thank you guys for covering for me. I did have my friend's wedding and it was it was marvelous. She was Aww. a beautiful blushing bride and I got good. to be her bridesmaid and it was fantastic. So You had your best friend's wedding that you guys all get together and sing a song? We did <laughs> not. Around the table? No. We, we, we did not. Aww. But we did have a beautiful fireworks display. It was fantastic. Anyway, really? let's talk. Let's, nice. yeah. Cool. Let's talk powder, guys. I have to, we have to make a special... A special introduction. Now, now oh. we get a question here a lot mm-hmm. that people see sure. that I've met, you know, Joe Rowling and the kids from the movies and all that stuff. And they always ask me if I get nervous, you know, when I when I meet these people. And, and for the most part, no. For the most part, it's it's to the point mm-hmm. um, when it's no. But there are certain people in this world that still I still have to pay huge homage to. And there, one of them is with us this week. Um, yes. If you haven't noticed, July 5th is coming up. July 5th is Leaky's sixth birthday. Woohoo! Yay! The oldest Harry Potter news site in the world. In the world. (laughs) We are old enough to go to kindergarten. Yay! Um, But a lot of people ask me how Leaky was... Mm was born, how I started it. They asked me, how did you start Leaky? And I said, well, you know, I didn't. And... Joining us this week is somebody that, believe it or not, I've never spoken to before, but he is somebody that, you know, he's getting me a little nervous. It is the Grand High creator of the Leaky Cauldron, Yay. Kevin Uh-oh. C. Murphy. Woo-hoo. Hey, Kevin. Hi, y'all. How are you doing? Hey. Thanks for having Kevin, me today. I tell you, there's few people that get me nervous these days, and the person who created Leaky, that's one of them. You know what you've done? Uh, I... Uh, I never knew it would be this big, and I, to my mind, it was you and BK DeWong who did most of the work. I was just happening to be the guy who got in front of the internet one slow afternoon and one slow and started this. And um, I don't, I don't even think you were part. Of, you were doing the site anymore when I came on. Uh, no, I wasn't actually. I guess I started it uh, in July of 2000, uh, back when Brontosaurus roamed the earth, and the internet was. Still, <laughs> A gleam in most yeah. people's eye. Um, and a blog was a novel concept. Exactly. And, uh. Um, nerds. That's right. And, uh. <laughs> no. 
I and my fellow nerds were starting to get excited about, I believe it was Goblet of Fire at the time. Yep. Although I could be wrong. And we were, wow. we were uh, all playing with the new toy at the time, which was Blogger, made by Pyra. And uh, we thought, you know, let's pull together and create a Harry Potter website. And that's what we did. And uh, as you guys know, the design was uh, pretty atrocious. It was... Uh, <laughs> I think it was purple on uh, purple on yeah. orange, maybe. Um, it was orange on contrast in colors. That's right. My my favorite uh, part of it was the "powered by Muggles" sign rather than the "powered by a blogger" right. sign. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we just you know it was basically a, a blog back in the days when we were still figuring out what blogs were, and then uh, maybe five or six months into it, uh, BK DeLong, who you probably have met at some point, yeah. Uh, yeah. sort of. Uh, took an interest in the site and I passed it over to him because he had uh, much better ideas and a better design sense, obviously. And uh, he's sort of made it, I sort of can see him as the creator of the site in a way because he did so much to make it uh, what it is today. And then obviously uh, you took over Melissa and then now it's, it's a phenomenon. It's, uh, it's, I'm very impressed by it. It's, um, it sort of became, I mean, BK started, BK gave it its reputation. That's the way I see it. I see it as like you, you know, as the creator, and then BK made it what it has remained, which is first and foremost news. Mm -hmm. And BK really started pushing for the news element when nobody else was doing this, when aggregators were like, not even a word. (laughs) And, you know, Mm -hmm. and internet searching was a little bit more involved than it is today. He always, I mean, there were like seven posts a day, and they were all him. (laughs) And um, (laughs) that was back in the day when we had a picture of Hermione up at the top, and she was like 18 times the size that the picture should have been. She was all pixelated. (laughs) She was all pissed off. All right. What what was she trying to do to somebody? I forget what she had. Did she ever want She was saying, what an idiot in the first movie. Oh, yeah. That's funny. So on that note, let's, let's, let's do some of the... The chat for this week because there's a hell of a lot of it. Yes, there is. Well, we got some news. Our girl. Well, Joe. this actually was technically in the news last week, and you know, Sue, you had it in your news, but mm-hmm. we didn't have time to discuss it last week, or you didn't have time to discuss no. it last week. But go ahead. Well, what's the deal with Joe? Well, Joe appeared on a, a talk show in the UK called The Richard and Judy Show, and she right away, right off the bat, was talking about how she has made some slight changes to the final chapter. And she said one that one character has gotten a reprieve, but I have to say that two died that I didn't intend to die. And thus, the fandom has now exploded. Exploded. <laughs> Argus Filch gets his reprieve. Oh, oh stop. No. Mrs. Norris gets knocked. No, but I'm interested in what you guys think of this term. <laughs> Not Mrs. Norris, no. <laughs> Kitty's staring at me going, did you say cat? Um I'm interested in what you guys think of this of this term reprieve because people have been saying, well, if she said reprieve, it means that it was somebody who was evil and is not mm. therefore not killed. And I don't quite believe that. I think no. she was just saying a reprieve from death. So it could be, you know, yes. it could be it could be Arthur who's gotten a reprieve from death. Right. I don't think that she sees death as an ultimate punishment per se. You know, the whole context of the conversation was death. It wasn't, you know, life choices. So who is it? Who do you think? I just said Argus <sighs> All right, Sue. It's a dark horse candidate. You know, no, I was thinking, I was thinking more <laughs> along the lines of somebody like Luna or something that's not a major character that somewhere right. along the way that could could influence maybe Harry or the events somehow subtly, but not an overriding, perhaps Percy. But I, I don't, I don't see that. I think maybe she just developed their character a little bit more than, no. but I don't see them as, because 
like, I, and I believe mostly you said this too, that the major characters, I mean, their, their, their outcome is, it was already done and yeah. she's sticking to that. Yeah. And when I say major characters, I meant Harry, Hermione, Ron, Ginny, right. you know, Neville. I don't mean Luna. I don't mean somebody that could be considered main in the context of one of those conversations, main because like we Hagrid, know them, though. but sort of minor, like Hagrid. He's not minor, no. but he isn't one of the spotlight. Oh. Snape, I mean, all these people that are pivotal to this plot, I don't think are minor characters in the sense of that she's going to, on a whim, decide to change their outcome. Right. From the final chapter. I could I could see it being Snape only because, um, you know, she, she, if she had this written beforehand, she's now weighed the reaction to book six where everyone's views of Snape's changed with, you know, the end of the story. Mm-hmm. So I could see her maybe sort of changing his arc now that she's had a sense of how people reacted to the story in, in book six. The big question, too, that the media jumped on this interview, too, was that Harry's going to die. And I, you know, Melissa, I think you... Stupid media. Well, no, I mean... <laughs> Thanks, John. Jump on anything. Well, she did not say Thanks, that... that it, she she goes on to say in the, in the course of the interview that they were bringing up... Um, but the guy that wrote um, Sherlock Holmes and writing him off and, and that... John Irving. Is it, no, <laughs> no, John... And that she wanted to keep her care, you know, that she could understand the writer's um, drive to want to do that because they want to keep the characters as their own and that um, no one is going to go See, write sequels or something that she didn't. But do you know what that says to me? That says that to me that she is not going to kill him, yeah. but is tempted because of this phenomenon that so, yeah. so that it will stop people from writing him. Yeah. But really, I mean, people can only legally write about him 50 years after her death. That's the way that, that rule works. I, I had no idea what that meant because it's like, how can you take somebody's character, someone's copyright, and make a new story for you it? You can't. It becomes public domain now 50 years after the artist's There's death. There's no way to prevent that? Mm, I no way don't to think buy so. It out. It's the current law. Yeah. Nothing I'm aware of uh, now. I mean, she can yeah. kill, quote-unquote, kill Harry and not actually kill him dead. I have had the sense that maybe he would somehow lose his powers. Which, you know, mm. would effectively stop another book from being written um, if he becomes a muggle. But it doesn't necessarily kill him either. So so no. do you think she'll well, write she... off the magical world? I mean, no, she'll I don't... end the magical world? She, she may end it for Harry. I don't think she'll end it. I mean, I think the, the whole world won't end. But I, I've always sort of seen it as a seven-book thing of, you know, going to school. And when you finish, you're an adult. And part of being an adult is losing the magical world, so to speak. So I could see, I don't know, it's my own theory, but I could see him not dying, but losing his powers. See, I, w- I always, if I, if Harry was going to lose anything at the end, I always thought it would be his scar. Oh, I, There's yeah. that big theory that be- uh, the last word is scar because he doesn't have one right. at the end. Right. Which, I don't know. Can, can I, I ask so. you this, and Melissa, you probably know this, but didn't she say that the final chapter was actually like like a... A summary of people, what happens at the end, like a like an epilogue. Yeah. An epilogue. You find out who who lives and made it. Yeah. So, but now really? now these two deaths are things that it's something that she changed one detail in the final chapter, which is which is a which is a wrap up. Who knows if that's the whole thing? It could be like like a section of the final chapter. Right. But if she was able to just change one thing, I mean, she's going to kill a lot of people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. My opinion mm-hmm. of this whole, you know, kill them off so no one else takes them is. A, I think that's just her just trying to mess with us a little bit, throwing out some red herrings into the water. But I think that that would this wouldn't prevent anybody because you've got a story that's taken place mostly in a, this magical world. And if somebody wanted to come back and say give Harry his powers back in this new book, they would figure out some weird kind of 
enchantment or something to give the kid his powers back. And even if they killed him off, per se, there could be a new author who says that death is not the final thing, and they could figure a way to, you know, to bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't or think there's could... she could write. Continuing Adventures of Neville Longbottom or something. Right, so. yeah. yeah. You know, you write about something else. Plus, I mean, I really do think that was an indication of, like, wh- why would she be thinking about killing him off to prevent other people from writing him if she wasn't intending upon killing him off? Do you know what I mean? If she was intending upon killing him off, then this wouldn't be a question. She wouldn't have to think about, well, if I kill him off, nobody will write about him. She's just like... You know, if, if that's what she was doing anyway, and this wouldn't be part of her thought process, but it sounded like she was so tempted to do it just yeah. so that people wouldn't write him that she isn't planning to do it. I don't think anybody in their right mind could even give any thought to that notion that she'd kill off Harry Potter. Harry Potter is the boy who lived, lived, not died, lived. And I'm, I'm well, lived. He's, he's not he's not this boy who lived just to go through yeah. You know, 17 years of suffered yeah. existence just to be killed off without any th- thanks or fanfare. Yeah. Well, but there, there's another way to see lived, which is at one point he lived. Yeah, but I don't want to see it yeah, like he's that. He's never really <laughs> lived in any good way. I mean, Joe said herself, the kid saves the magical world, saves the wizarding world every year, and then goes back to school to be bullied the next year about something else, and nobody believes him about things. So like the kid, for all the things that he's done, I mean, what, it'd be a really sad existence for this guy. And then just to kill him off at 17. Yeah, I'd be very surprised if he was dead dead. It seems such a, such a stark thing to way to finish these books that you know, began as children's books. I mean, granted, we're all older now, seven years older at least, but uh, it seems like a long travel to go just to go to Harry's funeral. I know, I'll be weak. She's not going to kill the darn kid. There's no way. No way. I'll, I'm going to start taking bets. Oh, no. They are taking bets, We should have they? a big pool. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be... Let, let's be honest. There's going to be a huge betters game at, for this. I mean, this is the Absolutely. question. The book's not even done, and this is the question. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah. already been made a, a huge whoop-to-do in the press. And the book's not even done. <laughs> and so, you yeah. know, uh, this is going to be the question we're dealing with until we turn that last page. Well, it was brilliant on her part to bring this up, though, when when she did it, because it's got everybody who wasn't already a crazy Harry Potter fan on the websites all the time coming back online and mm-hmm. coming to the sites and getting the buzz moving again Yeah, for some people who aren't usually online anyway. I mean, just to talk about it, just look what it did. It put it in all those papers, yeah. put it on all those all the news channels. I mean, it was brilliant. It's better than any commercial they could have done to say a Harry Potter book is coming. That they, yeah, 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 as I know, because they wanted to ask me, like, yeah. why? I was like, well, and as a Harry Potter fan, you get this call from this producer, you know, on MSNBC, and they're like, well, we want to put you on to ask about, you know, what you think about all these deaths. And I'm thinking to myself, well, I don't think all that much of them. It's going to happen. But you have to, at the same time, appreciate that there are 90% of the world out there doesn't have that. Can I just say this? Can I just say this? Mm. You handled yourself so well on the radio commercial or the radio interview. Oh, stupid. Oh, that made me so angry. Do you know that while that was going on, I didn't even quite realize that they were truly insulting us. Like, I realized it, but I was so indefensive, like, get out of here kind of mode. And then when I listened to it later, I said, oh, God, they were really, really quite rude. Well, they're a bunch of jerks. We're going to give out the email address after the show. Actually, we're going to play... 
that part of that interview yeah. uh, sometime in this podcast as well as some of the MSNBC uh, interview. But for all of you who haven't listened to it yet, <laughs> Thank you, Jeff. some little clips. I don't know. It's wild. It's wild when, when it's it's worth putting you on camera about. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. All right. I just want to say one quick thing before we go. I admire Joe. I continue to admire her, and she's done another thing. She has done in her free time, she has become involved with that children's um, high-level group, which is highlighting Eastern European children and who are unfortunately been some have been kept in cages in their beds and that kind of thing. And Joe has launched a new fundraising website. It's called the www.thechildrensvoice.com, and you can go find out more about this, her campaign to help these children. And so I just think that's really a wonderful, Joe, that she uses her time so well to contribute to so much, when, on not only MS, but causes like this. And I just think that rocks. So yep. I just... That came out this week too. Yay! So. Okay. Joe rolling like bowling. Yes, ro- yes. Thank you. <laughs> rolling like bowling. Kevin in the old days, did everybody call her Rowling? Um. Well, there was no real talking. Boy, I did everything over email. So, um, people said however they wanted to. They just read aloud if they wanted. All right. Well, let's get on with it, okay. folks. That's what's lovely about the, the, the sequence of books is that you, you see Harry turning into a grumpy adolescent mm-hmm. and all the others around him going through those adolescent pains. You draw that very accurately and you don't have adolescent kids yourself. I mean, is that just based on friends and conversations with friends who've got them? Well, I taught, I taught teenagers for a while. They were my favourite age group to teach, in fact. Yeah. So um, I think I drew on a bit of that and I drew on memories of how grumpy we all were when we were teenagers. We Absolutely. weren't the... Um, my sister's here to watch this, and she was she was very grumpy. So I do. I know her. what I want to to end at the to happen at the end of the whole Harry Potter thing. I want Harry to marry Ginny, and I want Ginny Weasley, and I want Ron to marry Hermione, mm-hmm. and and all that. And and um, no, I don't. Yes, I do. I want Ron to marry Hermione. That's right. um, and I will be so upset if it doesn't happen. But of course, the last one at the moment is is at the moment residing in your safe. Yeah. The last the the final chapter. Is, is hidden away, although it's um, it's now changed very slightly. Is it? Um, yeah, one character got a reprieve. But I have to say, two die that I didn't intend oh. to die. So well, listen, all the all the papers who've been promoting this interview today clearly want us to ask you, do you kill off Harry Potter? Which is a ridiculous question because are you likely to say yes or no? I mean, obviously not. You, you couldn't possibly answer that. But have you ever been tempted to do him a little more harm than he's suffered? I mean, in the same way... He's been through it up! He's well, been through the mill! Every, every year of his adolescence and childhood, he saved the wizarding world. And, and then no year. one believes him. That's okay. He, he spends his entire life saving the world and then next term he's just back at school being bullied Absolutely. by, and by great everyone. Harry who's just sort of saved your entire school and all your skin. Right, and that? everyone okay. just thinks he's a bit, of a bit, a <laughs> bit annoying. Would, I've never been tempted to kill him off before the end of book seven because I always plan seven books and I, hmm. that's where I want to go. Right. I want to finish all seven books. Yeah. I can completely understand, however, the mentality of an author who thinks, well, I'm going to kill them off because that means there can be no non-author written sequels, as they call right. them. So oh. it will end with me. And after I'm dead and gone, yeah. they won't be able to bring back the character and write a load of... That never struck me before. I so just thought I... it would free you. Well, of I mean, Agatha Christie did that with Poirot, didn't she? That's she true. wanted to. Um, she, she wanted to finish him off herself. When you started off, I mean, when you first thought about Harry, what came first? Was it the idea of the magic 
or the character Harry, or the boarding school. I mean, were, you, were you a big keen reader of boarding school stories? When I read some Mallory Towers, and they really yeah. don't bear rereading, do no. they? But when no. I was six, so I really like them. But um, I think um, Harry and Magic came together. <laughs> yeah. So the, the essential idea was a boy who was a wizard without knowing he was a wizard. That was it. That was the, the premise. Yeah. And then I worked backwards from there. How could he not know? And so that's how all right. the backstory came. And there's a lot of backstory, as you know. Yeah. And uh, in fact, now I'm in book seven, and I realise just how much backstory there is because there's still a lot to explain and but a lot to find out. But did you ever think, as you were writing the subsequent books, as you wanted, you think, oh, why did I write yes. that in book two? That did screwed you? me. I can't write such and such now. Yeah. Never. I don't think I've ever done that on a really major plot point. Right. But certainly, a couple of times I'd have, I have hit a snag, and I thought, well, I'd box myself in. If only I'd left yeah. something open earlier, yeah. then there would have been an easier way to wriggle through that hole. Like I've chess. always found a way. Mm. Well, it is, because it, it is a complicated plot. As you've said yourself, the theme, really, of the books is death, isn't it? Um, yes, largely. Yeah, largely. It's a hugely powerful theme. Mm -hmm. And you were writing the first one when your mother died at yep. uh, 45, um, mm -hmm. and you were very close to her. Um, had, you, had you envisaged that death would be such a powerful mm. theme before her death, or did it inform that sense of yeah, loss? definitely and, informed did it. it? Yeah. In, in the first draft, I'd only been writing Harry for six months before she died. Mm -hmm. And um, in the first draft, I really finished off his parents in quite a flippant way. Um, and then Mum died. Mm. And I just couldn't. I couldn't finish off his parents in that flippant way. I no. couldn't. Mm. Not now knowing what it felt like to, mm. lose, to lose a parent. So that's why Harry's that's parents maintained this presence. They do maintain, in the, in, yeah. in, in, in the photographs. Mm -hmm. um, and in the mirror, of course. And in the mirror, yeah. And when you wrote that... I wouldn't be surprised if you were to say that you perhaps shed a few tears when you wrote those sequences when Harry sits in front of the mirror lost. That's in my favourite chapter in the first book. It's a lovely chapter. Mm. It's a lovely chapter. It's one of my favourite chapters in the whole series. Yeah. And now, straight from the Leaky Lounge, this week's modcast. Oh Hi everybody. Welcome to the Modcast. This is Jason, the guru of sloth. Hi, I'm Gina Anstey, otherwise known as HP Addict on the Lounge. And also with you today is Laurie Damaral, um, on the Lounge known as Asphodel Wormwood. And today's topic is going to be about um, portraits in the magical world. And as um, readers are probably aware, they're not exactly the same as portraits in real life. Just as magical photos move around, magical portraits can communicate and I mean, there's so many questions, sort of how and why does this happen? So, guys, any ideas? Well, I'd like to throw out first that there's, I think that there's a distinction between um, portraits and paintings mm -hmm. and that they they do different things. Um, I went back and I actually reread Prisoner of Azkaban because that's kind of when we see the most interaction with like the fat lady and Sir, what's his right. name? Sir Cadogan. Right. Yeah. Cadogan. Um, and just kind of seeing how they act and that they're classified more as a painting than a portrait. And the distinction there is that they're not like a portrait of a living person. They're just sort of like someone's imagination, something well, that they right. painted, and they're, or, and they're or more could they be? A, yeah, yeah. That's I think that's the sort of fundamental. Difference. And they kind of have more scenery in there to interact mm. with too. He's got his fat little pony that rides with them, and that sure. they're able to travel between the different yeah. paintings within a building. But portraits, if there's more than one of them, seem to be able to go to different buildings. To like other portraits of themselves. Right, right. 
Yes. And uh, so they probably couldn't go from, say, Phineas yeah. couldn't go from his portrait into a portrait in another building of another person. That would be and too much. The, right. And the portraits, you know, to some extent are like echoing or, you know, they're, they're like traces of the person, the personality of the person that they're a portrait of. Whereas the paintings, some of them seem kind of like more caricatures, like they're just kind of odd characters, like, you know, whatever happened. It's like the difference between, say, an, a biography and sure. a fictional story. So one of the things that I was thinking about, and this is a little bit from talking to you earlier, Gina, um, about the portraits, I, I get the impression that, you know, for example, what was um, Sirius's like, grandfather or great-grandfather or whatever, the one that, that moves around between Grimmauld Place? Phineas? Yeah, Phineas. Um, Nigelus. Nigelus. Yeah. He seems to only be in one portrait at a time, right? And is that true of other portraits as well? Like, which seems kind of odd. That almost makes you think that, like, the the picture, you know, the person that you see in the portrait is like there's only one of them and it has to move around to occupy the different ones. Well, that's weird. Would you just like, because, okay, so we've established that you can move from building to building, but only between your own portrait. That would mean that in each portrait, there has to be, say, sort of a um, sort of uh, mark, say, a finished and jealous mark. However, if you've only got one face, it can only be in one picture at the same time. So you've got one face and one blank canvas. How does yeah. that work? Because how does the other canvas? Know. How do you know? How does the other other canvas know that it has that a finished and jealous mark? Surely someone's yeah, going to paint a portrait of each. You're not just going to stick a blank canvas on for the purpose of communication. Well, that's you're true. Have a that's of interesting, both, aren't you? And yet, there's only one. Well, how are these portraits think- made? Because Dumbledore has just kind of appeared, right? Yeah. Showed up. Right. So they probably aren't made. They probably do just... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, like you say, it's part of... Maybe it's just part and parcel. Because he's a head teacher, or was a head teacher, um, there's sort of an automatic spell that works to put them well, there. And there was, a, and- there was a poster on the lounge who theorized that, um, that they're sort of done in advance for the That's important true. people. That- and that when they that pass away, then then they're portraits show up wherever they're supposed to show up and mm-hmm. how many of them. So I like yeah. that theory. I bought into that one. But do you guys think that, I mean, th- I'm trying to think of, of other examples and I can't remember um, if this is canon. Well, the other minister, yeah. the little the little guy who is in... Are those portraits blank too when they're not around? Yes, or? because in, in yeah. that chapter in Half-Blood Prince, the the prime minister notices that the, the little guy in the portrait that they couldn't remove, <laughs> he's sometimes he's he's sleeping, sometimes he's there, That's right, and yeah. sometimes it's blank. Yeah, okay. So he, he goes somewhere else, and I think it's got to be similar to the, the magic that's in Chocolate Frog cards, because mm-hmm. at the very beginning, Harry says, I've got Dumbledore, and then he's gone, yeah. and Ron says to him, well, you can't expect him to be here all day. So right. it's it's got to be on a similar level of magic. I don't know if portraits and Chocolate Frog cards are interconnected, but it, yeah. the, the magic the, is the same. I think it's of the, the frog cards, more like uh, photos, sort yeah, of. Yeah, they can't communicate. They seem to sort of do their own thing. Like, you could have multiple photos. Like, Gilderoy Lockhart had a bunch, and you could see all of his, his faces at once. Right. It wasn't like one Gilderoy moving from no. from picture to picture. You know, right. uh, like, some pictures, and they can move sort of out of the frame and then come back in. It's like this mm-hmm. little, little world, a little room, say, and all you've got is a window into it. And that's what you they can seem, see. There's, there's no, yeah. but it's like a limit. Whereas, and it's sort of like this: it's soundproof and communication proof. Whereas a portrait, the, I think the biggest difference is the fact that you can talk to it and it can talk right. back. 
and it can convey messages and it can think. But paintings can do that too, because look yeah. at the fat lady. She yeah, has to come up with That's, new. She's not a picture. She's not a photograph. She's not a picture. Right. Okay. Okay. So, so it so. seems to be that there's this distinction between like stuff that is that is either paintings or portraits and photos, and then there's also this important distinction between painting portraits and then other kinds of paintings. Um, is that yeah, I agree sense? with that. Yeah. Yes, no, I, I, I agree. Because I see yeah. like photos, they seem to be capturing like sort of moments in time. And I guess like the certain mood of the person when they were photographed, maybe a little of their personality. But they're not really like the portraits almost seem like, you know, and I, I want to I'm hesitant to, you know, I don't really think that they are the person like in full, but they really seem to embody like a lot of their, you know, their personality traits and you can talk to them and, you know, maybe they can't there might be limits on what they can, maybe they're not emotional, maybe they can't pass you information, but, you know, they act like the person that they're portraits of. Right. And we have a couple interviews with um, JK Rowling that sort of explain a little bit Mm -hmm. of things like with the photographs. I think it was on her website where she talks about um, how a, a potion is, or a um, like a regular muggle film is developed in a potion, and that's what makes those photographs move. So, and then we've got her, I think it was a book festival where she was interviewed, where she said that portraits sort of repeat catchphrases. They're, they're yeah. not as, as interactive the as here, we would like them to be. Oh, but yeah, you, you basically on, hit yeah. it right on. She says they repeat catchphrases almost. The portrait of Sirius's mother is not a very 3D personality. She's not very fully realized. She repeats catchphrases that she had when she was alive. But Phineas doesn't do that. Phineas reacts to what you yeah. tell him. Like, Harry's behavior. Phineas is like, oh, well, they always behave like this. This is how you're behaving. And then it's his line mysterious. about Sirius. You know, he's he's obviously, that is not a catchphrase. But... So, I, I agree. I totally agree. But, I, so, going on that... I want to know what you guys think about um, when the portrait it shows up on the wall. What period in time is it? It's not like Sirius's mom when she was a younger mm-hmm. woman. It's sort of capturing her at her demented yeah, end. Yeah, and I wonder if it could have been different. Like, could you make a portrait that would capture the younger person? Well, do they or... age? That would be interesting. Did anyone? Right, yeah. Because, like, it's really weird. Did, did no one ever read, what was it, the uh, Roald Dahl's um, The Witches? And at the very beginning, there's a young girl who's, who's caught going to get a milk, going to get the milk, and she's um, put in a, in a portrait, in a, in a picture. Mm-hmm. She appears, and she ages and dies. Ooh. I've always... Oh, I don't know that one. The first thing when I read about the portraits was, I, I thought of that, because that's what I, I had read as, as a child. Uh-huh. Yeah, I wonder, have we seen... Besides, like, the frog cards and photographs, have we seen, like, real um, portraits of people who are still living? They're in places of distinction. Like, people don't... Yeah. Ha- well, except for Sirius. Um, people don't generally have them in their houses. I mean, we haven't seen a ton of wizarding homes, but there's nothing mm-hmm. at the borough. It'd be interesting to see if they age along with the person or if they stay... Is it a static You know, moment? as they were when it was made or... Yeah. Or whether you could sort of, if you painted someone as they looked as a, as a young person, whether it would work. You know, right. if you painted a red-haired Albus, would that appear, or would it only be his white-haired, black hand itself? Mm-hmm. And and the red-haired version, would it only have his experiences up to that point in his yeah, life? Yeah, it wouldn't know anymore. Right. I wonder about that. Like, I wonder um, how much 
of their, yeah, of the, I guess of their experiences, you would say, and, and knowledge the portraits have, or if there's some kind of restriction on them. And I'm sure people know, like, part of why we wonder about these things, because you could find out a lot of information from various important characters who have passed on and might have portraits. But um, the function of of a portrait seems to be more of of a messenger of a of Uh a watchful eye. You don't really hear them. But are they giving advice? I thought they were like the head the head teachers in the headmaster's office. They would be there to give their they listen in and they try and give their opinions. Not necessarily. Whether it's advice, they've still got their opinions, which. You can use people's opinions and take it as advice. Yeah, I think of them kind of like counselors. But but what I'm saying is I, I don't know that they would offer like snippets from their own lives or, you know, it's more like, well, this is kind of my philosophy on things. And, you know, like uh, Phineas Nigellus would, you know, often probably clashes somewhat with Dumbledore because they have different ideas about how the school should mm-hmm. be run. And, um, you know, but he's still there to help him in his way. Into- yeah, see, I don't, I don't even see him as that interactive i mean i i, I know that they're it's more sworn... like they just try to interrupt or something or like i just well, did. <laughs> I, I know that they they have loyalty mm-hmm. to whoever is the current headmaster yeah. and so that's why they have to keep his secrets and you know go visit their other portraits in the you know saint mungo's or or wherever but i don't think they have a whole lot to do in the day-to-day dealings and in fact half the time that when we see them that they're sleeping and the only thing that right. phineas ever says is basically these dratted kids which seems to be kind of <laughs> his catchphrase really of yeah. that that's kind of who he was at his essence what did Sirius say the the least popular headmaster that hogwarts has ever had i i don't right. know how much they actually sort of kibitz <laughs> and tell I think that's fair. I, I don't know. That's just because me. it does go along with what JKR said. And obviously she's, I mean, it's a little mysterious what she says. Like you could kind of twist it one way or another, but she's the ultimate authority. And she seems to be at least trying to get us to understand that these portraits are not an adequate substitute for the real person or, you know, they're not going to behave the way a real person would when you talk to them, but they can obviously do these things, uh, you know, carrying messages and right. They 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 serve a purpose, but I mean, I, I I don't see Harry pulling off the the curtain over Mrs. Black and and having a sit down with her. <laughs> right, right. She's not going to learn. She's not going to like become a different person. Right. I, after she's already dead. Right. Exactly. I, I I just see her continuing to scream. You know, filth. Yeah. Blah blah blah. Being being kind of the crazy yeah. person. All right. Well, I think we're running out of time here so we'll wrap it up hope you enjoyed this discussion and magical theory forum has a lot of good threads on portraits and whatnot so go check it out thanks for listening thank you bye 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 and here we are again back for an in the know segment with kevin murphy the original creator of the leaky cauldron so, Kevin, do you even go to the site anymore these days? Are you still a Potter fan? Oh, I'm definitely still a Potter fan. Um, I think uh, slightly more casual than most of the readers at the site. I've been, been very impressed by their level of knowledge. Um, but, uh, yes, I still check the site. Um, eventually, when I you know look to see what exactly is going on, I, I check the Leaky Cauldron. Um, like I said, I don't, I'm, I'm enormously impressed by what it's become. So um, I've always sort of get a thrill to go see what's new and how much better it's been since... Uh, it was, like I said, uh, a one-page blog back mm-hmm. in the day. So, 
Yeah, but there's still a little real fondness when you look at those old pictures of. I mean, for me anyway, I look at those old pictures and I just think, oh, God, yeah. baby, baby leaky, baby leaky. When we didn't quite know what, what the Harry Potter webmasters could eventually achieve, you know. Yeah. I think some of the most valuable things that we have going right now for leaky is how old the news archives are. Mm-hmm. And once we have more time and all that to sit down and figure out how to really take advantage of that mm-hmm. so people will actually... I See, I think at the moment, I don't know if it's really formatted all of those old news posts. No, they're not. To work to no. work with what we have now. And uh, eventually, once we'll get that going... When we when we moved over to the new Leaky Design, the one that you see now, Leaky 5, 55, um, our old, old archives, the ones that don't have categories, we started doing categories way early. And mm-hmm. each... Each item has had cat- has had like six categories assigned to it for four years, mm. and I remember trying to. I was like obsessed with them, and I, I know everybody's like, "Why do you want the?" Ca-? I'm like, "Trust me on the categories, please." And we've and it paid off in a big way with this design. But the old ones that don't have a category assigned to them can't right. fit anywhere on our design right now, so they don't, they just don't show up. So eventually, they will they will all be worked out. And we it literally is the oldest Harry Potter news archive. No site that was that was archiving back then besides leaky is still functioning so you you literally have the history of almost the whole history of fandom on you know, yeah on our on our server somewhere and it's well it is a nice element because if you go on i mean you do a web search for uh, most celebrity sites or, or entertainment sites uh, i mean the, the internet is littered with the corpses of failed websites yeah. um and that was sort of a big thing in the in the early days and it's nice to see that the leaky cauldron the work of a lot of people is, is sort of navigated that hump and it's become a, a, a preeminent news site yeah the nu- i mean the number of people that work on it i mean kevin how many people start started it first it was just me and then um you know people would pass things along by mail and then i added bk as a as our second writer um six months into it um and then he sort of took it over from there and i i, I was so impressed by what he did with it that i said you know this is this is your site now please feel free to do what you want with it and at first i mean we didn't even have a spe- specific url for it I was running it off my my GeoCity right. site. Um, yeah, even when the cool kids were moving to Blogger and thing, I was I was still coding by hand. So I'm, I'm <laughs> a bit of a slow adopter in that sense. But um, BK sort of brought it into the into the present and uh, brought on a lot more staffing writers, including including you, I believe, Melissa. Yes, um, actually, Rames, who was um, he used to run the gallery that was attached to it, the old old HP galleries that was like the big gal. It's actually where we get all our book covers because. Right. It was like the only site at the time to start archiving them. Um, he was the one who said, you know, to BK, you should bring her on because I was doing work with them at the time. But um, but now, Kevin, take a wild guess how many people work on Leaky. Oh, um, hmm, I'm going to say a conservative estimate of 15. <laughs> Is that wrong? <laughs> Not even close. Oh, <laughs> I was I was shocked to find this out. I didn't even know this, but our project manager Joris put it all together, and we have over 130 people working on Leaky right now. My goodness! Oh my golly! Wow! Yeah. Including and then obviously all the people who write in and, and things. So that's that's very impressive. Uh, right, and then there's still the people who write in because the, these are the people who are like forum moderators and mm-hmm. you know chat moderators and I mean every, there's just so many fingers of it now. Um, but but yeah, it all it all started with Kevin. Yeah. Did you ever think it would be six years old in the web world? Uh, I thought it might be, but I never thought it would be as impressive as it's become, or have taken on the resonance that it's become. I mean, I read. I mean, you guys obviously have a relationship now with the people making the movies, and that's that's just very impressive to me. It's it's. I mean, it, it might have continued to exist as this 
far off corner where I posted things about Harry Potter, but uh, just the, the, with a level of care and, and attention and uh, craft you put into the site is, is, is really amazing to me. I'm, I'm always impressed by it. Aw, thank you. Okay. It's nice. <laughs> oh, thanks for spending so much time on it. It's nice. <laughs> we don't spend any time on it, really. Oh, no. Yeah. Uh, we it, just, it, we it's just... not like we're sitting up here at 1130 recording a, a podcast for it or anything. Oh, thanks for creating the illusion that a lot of time is spent on it. <laughs> yeah. so, um... Kevin, what's the biggest like functional change of Leaky that you noticed that is like, I don't know, I guess your favorite thing that we do now that we couldn't do then? Uh, well, I think it's, the, I mean, it's the total... It's a, it's the total content, and b, it's the, the the feedback mechanisms are better. I mean, it's it's a whole other beast now. I mean, you know, <laughs> when when I started, it was it was a, basically a flat, two dimensional, occasionally updated newspaper, and now you have the Pottercast, and you have you know streaming video, and you have you know real connections to the people who are actually creating the content, uh, Joe and and the movies. So, um, I mean, it's 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 so much better in every fashion it's, it's even hard to compare what's what part it is best yeah it's it's uh, it's quite a thing so cool beans man well you are the man kevin i just want to remind everybody um as kevin said kevin a boy's name bk a boy's name there was a time yes. when leaky was ran by men no there was a woman predominantly run by men it, was, uh, it usually it was it for a very long time it was predominantly run by men that's right. It was just yep. just me. Although I might have been a boy then, uh, but uh, <laughs> no, no. And then, and then I heart. said, no, 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 none of that. Now it's a now it's a ladies' party with a few token men, no. you know, the programmers, and myself. A few token men. <laughs> Maybe that's why it's gotten so much better. Oh, oh probably. Oh, Kevin, you can come back anytime. That's nice. <laughs> <laughs> we know, we know. The the men do the do the male parts. Mm-hmm. You know, we okay. keep you. You do what, what 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 men are for, coding and stuff. Quite some men parts there. Hunting oh, and John. gathering and such, or hunting and gathering yeah. of, yeah, <laughs> of the news. And they've been cle- they've been cleaning house just fine. The homepage, taking care of home. Yeah. Our very own Melissa Nelly was a very busy girl this week doing some interviews with MSNBC and a local New Jersey radio station, talking mostly about J.K. Rowling's appearance on The Richard and Judy Show. Here are a few highlights from Melissa's interviews. So here we are. It's getting ready time to end the seventh book, and the question is being asked, the same one we're asking our listeners today. Should Harry die? Ooh. That very question uh, sizzling up the wires out in uh, Harryland. Melissa Anelli is the webmistress at www.leakynews.com, one of the leading Harry Potter fan sites. So, Melissa, should he live or should he die? He should live and live and live. (laughs) Well, it sounds like we're allowing for that. Can he get any more publicity? I have decided he should live. (laughs) But now what about Rowling who says, well, hey, if I kill him off in the book, then a bunch of uh, pretenders won't be able to come on later and uh, write 47 other Harry Potter books and make money on my character. I I think that's sort of underestimating her her position as as an author, which is that nobody in the world can can do what she's done. No, I mean, people can try. They're going to try until the end of time. They're not going to come close to what she has created. So, you know, she has always been very, very strong about saying that 
I'm doing what I'm doing because this is my story. I don't think she's going to veer because she's afraid that somebody might do something. To, no, she's got her story and she's sticking to it. Is there nervousness out in uh, in Harry Land on this question? <laughs> oh, yes. This is actually, we have a podcast called Pottercast, and it's actually one of the main things that we do every week is we do a segment called Live or Die. Um, and we ask a fan, you know, we name a bunch of characters, and we say, who do you think is going to live and who do you think is going to die? We have been, we have been guessing about this for years, and we're going to be guessing about this until, you know, until, until you turn that last page. That's the big question. Who makes it? Can uh, I ask you a question mm-hmm. in all due respect? Does anyone ever say get a life? Oh, yeah, totally. I tell them to get a life. I tell, okay. them, I tell them I've got a great life. I enjoy, I enjoy, you know, this so much. And if you're missing out on this or you can scorn these books or you can scorn people who aren't eight and read these books, then i got no time for you. Move it along. There you go. <laughs> you know? So what's your best guess? Who is, uh, do you think, going to gonna, uh, go off to the, uh, the great uh, school the in the sky? Huh? Um, I think that Draco is a dead man walking. I think that Snape, oh, God, I'm torn on him. I sort of want him to live, and I want him to go, and, you know. I can't believe we're discussing this on a radio show. Oh, this is great radio show material. (laughs) Do you know how many people know exactly what we're talking about? Yeah, I know. know, It's scary, isn't it? It's Seriously, if you don't know what we're talking about, man, you're you're missing the fun. Go get a book. So what about Harry Boy? What What odds are you giving him? I'm giving him, like, 75% odds to live. To live. Yes. Melissa Anelli is the webmaster of the Leaky Cauldron, a Harry Potter fan site. She's also host of the podcast, Pottercast, and managed to snag an interview with Rowling last summer. And Melissa, before I get started, will you end a raging debate for us? Is it Rowling or Rowling? It's rolling like bowling. Like rolling like bowling. Yeah. Thank you so much. No, now that we've I, got that out of the way. I think Joe Rowling will appreciate that as well. All right. Um, as a Harry Potter super fan, Melissa, what was your reaction to the news? You know, fans who have been around for a little while, this is, this is no news. Two is a really, really low number for the number of deaths that we're going to have in the seventh book. Why is two a low number? Because it's war, and sort of like, you know, the end of a trilogy in film, there, there's no next book, so she can kill whoever she wants. And she's been saying for, actually, she said two years ago that it would be a bloodbath, that there are a lot of people who are going to die in, in book seven. So the folks who are writing to you and your site, are they alarmed at all of the suggestion of the deaths, and specifically Harry's death? They're more alarmed that everybody else is so alarmed. They're saying, well, well, we've known this. She said two more people are going to die, because if you look closely, what she actually said was, two people that I hadn't planned on killing are now going to die, as, it's, as if it's just, you know, part and parcel of the trade. So it's just two more to the quote-unquote body count at the end. All right. Can you explain to non-Potterheads why this works for the storyline to eliminate characters and maybe even major characters? Well, J.K. Rowling is really careful to be true to a circumstance. She wouldn't present war if, if she wasn't being responsible about what war is. And in war, as we know, many people die. So, so you know, she has to, she has to stay, stay true to that. She won't, she won't betray that. But... Um, it's a huge deal for us because these are characters that we've, that we've loved for so long. So what she's probably talking about are some of the more minor characters. She's planned the major characters' deaths for a long time. And do you have anything you'd like to see specifically happen at the end of the series? Now that you've invested so much time and so much of yourself into it. I would like Voldemort to be vanquished, as we know he will. Yes. Harry will live. Harry will traipse off into the sunset with Ginny and have many, many babies. All right, we'll find out what happens. Melissa Anelli, thank you so much for Thanks, joining Jenny. us. Thanks. It's the drums. Drums. <laughs>
drums, drums, drums. I've missed the drums. This is the part, Kevin, where we have drums in the show. It's just this little background music. It rocks. Don't you hear it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah you can you can hear it very Kevin, faintly. Keep keep up. You gotta do your part. Yeah. You just gotta go bum 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 bum. bum, 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 bum it's bum, never bum, really bum. anything like that. What the drums sound like. It's just no. it's a fun little guess at the do, drums. Do, do, do. Well, we have another little sound maker here today. Oh, we do. Say hello. Say Squeeze hello. her on the belly. Dollish, how old are you? Did you hear that? I did. Dollish huh. is about. She's not Dollish. I gotta stop. She's not Dollish. She doesn't yeah, answer to Dollish. She never dollish. ever answered she to Dollish. She is, Melissa. There's no she going back. She has is. no name. She has no name right now oh. because if I name her, then I, I can't ever do anything but keep her. And, I don't know that I can. So, oh, she's yeah, licking so. my arm. She is the cutest, cutest. I can't. And thank you, everybody who wrote in, worried that she had, you know, fleas. She didn't have an ear mite on her. She didn't have any fleas. She has a little baby respiratory infection, which is normal. She has some getting... termites, though. Stop that. What? She's the cutest I'll, I'll termite cats have termites. Free. Oh, stop that. No, yeah, no. the wood cats that sit on your lawn. <laughs> wood cats. No. This, this baby is adorable. She's sleeping on my computer. She's no. She's got stripes now all over her. She's the cutest. And her little face is healing up because somebody must have scratched you. Did you hear that? Mm-hmm. I did. Hey, baby. Hi, baby. Oh, she's the best. I can't. D- oh. Does she have any sweet skills? She pushes She pushes um against your mouth. She puts her paws on your mouth and pushes to say hello. And she gives Every- you little kisses, too. Everybody likes cat with sweet skills. Like, like um, rolling around and getting well, on its biting hind my finger. legs. She likes biting my fingers a lot. Drinking no. milk. That's a sweet skill. Now, do we know that she's a real cat or she can easel? Do we know? She could oh. be a measle. She could. She could. She's very intelligent. She was actually d- digging through. Uh, I heard while Melissa was out for lunch, she went onto the computer and tried to find <laughs> the emails for all of Melissa's secret contacts. <laughs> It's a spy cat? Yeah. A spy cat? No. <laughs> she she, she actually was sent to me by MuggleNet. Yes. I, fa- I found a little tattoo under her arm. Yeah. And she's, she's you know, it glows it glows blue when Emerson's looking for her. It does. <laughs> anyway, the cat, the, cat is, the cat is cute and wonderful. And thank you for all the emails guilting me, people. Thank you. Well, who wouldn't want to keep a little cat named Dollish? It's not named Dollish. Of course it is. It's not It's our dollars. official Pottercast mascot, Melissa. You've... Don't do those things to me. Aww. She's licking her paws right now. She's the cutest thing. I can't. Wow. I can't keep her. I can't do it. Aww. Anyway, cats aside, cats aside. Um, hey, Kevin. Yes. Have you ever had, or did you ever think you could have, a Leaky Cauldron t-shirt? <gasps> Ooh. Ooh, that'd be nice. I, I did not know such a thing existed. They did in my day, but they do. Uh, they do now. Do, 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 do. It's impressive. Yay! It's oh, awesome. Finally. You know what's funny is that um, I had gotten one of the leaky uh, prototype T-shirts into the house, and um, I had um, given it to one of my cousins, this girl uh, about my age, a little younger. And she said she wore it to school, and she had like four guys asked to be her boyfriend. <laughs> It was the craziest thing. And I don't know if it had to do with the shirt, but she asked if she could keep it, so. There goes John, redefining shameless. Did you let her? It was just a random story, though. Did you take it back? It was kind of unrelated. We actually, um, um, our our occasional guest host, Chris, um, Chris Rankin, he plays Percy, um, emailed that he had bought two shirts. Did he really? Rock on. 
He was so excited about him. He's like, I got two shirts. I wear them proudly. So he's going to wear them. He's going to take a picture of himself wearing them. I heard he's going to wear them underneath his robes while they're That would be the coolest. He asked the the costume designer specifically if he could wear. Hmm. He's like, is it cool, like, for that part where I have my big battle scene with, uh, (laughs) with Kingsley, if I rip off my robes? And you can see my leaky shirt. And they're like, yeah, that sounds about canon. So oh, cool. yes. Mm-hmm. Put it on the DVD. <laughs> as close as he sticks. <laughs> Works. <laughs> Extended cut. So, so close. Oh, yeah. my gosh. That's brilliant. No, 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 no. No, but seriously, these shirts, there's a link in the show notes. It go, it's, it's at, at www.shopsamandnate.com. Sam and Nate have been awesome to us. They helped us. We came up with it. We helped. We all sort of collaborated on the concept, and he came up with the, with the final design. And you guys have been loving them, which which we find great. If we see you at oh, Lumos yes, yes. with this shirt. If you're wearing one of these shirts. Oh, man. Ooh, boy. Oh, man. I don't know. What, what well, let me, th- you, let me you throw You better hope way. I didn't no, just John. eat a burrito. John. John's going John's gonna to make out with you. He's going to I got to get my making out ready. No. <laughs> seriously, if you wear it to the podcast, we're going to... Only people wearing a leaky shirt at a podcast are up for... A leaky or a podcast shirt are going to be in for a special Ooh. surprise. And that's special all I'm surprise. saying Excited. about that. Pretty cool. You could get to make out with Neil Murray. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin. Yes. What do you think about going to a place where there are twelve hundred Harry Potter fans in all one hotel? Uh, Whoa. That would. We're doing yeah. that. Where's the hotel? Is really the, the operative question. Las Vegas. Really. Vegas, oh my baby. Gosh. Since now you're, you're going to break the bank. You're thinking like us. Twelve hundred magical gamblers. Was in the same hotel. Mm. Now you're thinking like us. That's why we decided yeah. to go out there, really. We're like, well, Harry Potter convention, that's a lot of fun, but we get to go to Vegas? Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, are we staying in that hotel with all those people mm. for like a week? Um, no. <laughs> did you did you pick a properly themed Harry Potter uh, casino? Like, I don't know, Excalibur? It's it's off the strip actually. It's the JW Marriott. Yeah. It's not in um it's not where all the crazy gamblers yeah. stay. We don't need to boost up the price of admission that much. Yeah, let's say that might be trouble. Well that sounds Plus that's, most of these fans are under twenty one. Yeah. I heard all the people that like Bobatons are staying at the Eiffel Tower restaurant. <laughs> there's a, there, it's called the Paris Hotel. The the Eiffel Tower. Yeah, the I don't know, I don't live out there. Alone. There's also the yeah. New York, New York, which, John, sadly, you will not be singing at Lumos. That's uh, uh, such a shame. I had just it practiced is a shame. everything. Well, the fans have only themselves to blame for not voting for us at Podcast Alley if we had... Yeah. John promised that if Podcast ended up on the top of Harry Potter-related podcasts this month, that he would sing New York, New York. Curses, I muggle. And theme, it to, and theme it to, to Joe. In Vegas, so. and we would tape it, and all that good stuff. But you know, I guess, I guess there's just you know, not that kind of demand. That's probably why you didn't make it. They read that, and they're like, I "Good God, on. no!" <laughs> I signed on earlier today to my to my Skype, and I checked my Skype voicemails like I usually do, and I had one from Noel Number Forty Two. Uh, who some of you might know who that is, and she was very distraught at the fact that I wouldn't mm-hmm. be singing this song, and she said, "Would you please consider?" The possibility if maybe you guys were the top for July, you may reconsider Ooh. singing the song to me. And I said, I don't know. I, I texted her back on the on the SMS text like we like to do. And um, I told her that I would definitely consider that, but we'll have to wait and see what happens. And she said that's good enough for me, Kevin. BJ. So 
That's where we're going. Kevin, the secret to that is that he claims that that is Joe. Okay, so that which makes that all just more. I see. She said that she had to go uh-huh. because Neil was coming home soon and she didn't want to be seen talking to me uh-huh. again sure. late yeah. at night. She's sure. getting a little annoyed. He is. No, but okay. No, seriously. So so there, there's been a reprieve oh. in more than the Harry Potter world this week. In the Harry Potter fan world, if, if, if you failed, John, if you really want to hear him sing New York, New York to Joe at Lumos, you got to get voting. Yeah, it's, so. almost, it's almost July. It's going to be it July when July. this comes out, isn't it? It is July. And we don't want to make No Lover 42 sad. Mm. Well, listen, hey, look, it's not up to us, right? It's up to the fans. If they want to hear you sing, mm. they will go and vote. If not, mm. yep. Get oh, those well. votes in. It's all right. I was looking at some of the old leaky posts, and they used to have a bit of a bite mm. to them. They were a bit more editorial than we than we do now. Uh, that's, that's probably my fault. I apologize on behalf of the community. <laughs> oh, bring, that, bring that back. Uh, I, um, yeah, I, well, I thought, well, let's just say I think the movies have been getting better as they go along. Um, so the, 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 the actors are very good and everything, but I, 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 in my day, I wasn't quite happy with the choice of Chris Columbus for the first two films, uh, and I much prefer Alphonse Cuaron. Plus, I guess back then I figured and assumed nobody was no. reading it, so I no. could pretty much say anything I wanted. Um, the rules obviously hey, Melissa, have changed. You know, now so. that we're talking about this, when when did you start reading Leaky? I mean, did you see it? I mean, when? I never. In two thousand. In 2000, when in its first year, I, th- I found it, I think, in its first year, I was just out of, no, I'm sorry, in 2001, so I was just out of college and had reread the books and rediscovered my love mm-hmm. for them that I couldn't quite indulge while I was in college, and when I graduated, I was, you know, bored and out of work and, and uh, found... I decided that somebody in the world knew when book five was coming out because it was unacceptable yeah. to me that that information was not out there. It just, <laughs> it was as, as, as clear to me as anything else, like as that the sun will come up tomorrow, yeah. somebody knows when book five is coming out. I'm going to find that person. That did One not lady work. did. One lady. Well, no, she didn't even know at the time. So instead I found Leaky and yeah. I started pelting you guys with news. And, um, that's right. That's pretty much the way, the way Sue got on the site as well. And John got on the mm. site by sending us a whole new design. I, I, I bought my way on actually. Oh, really? I yeah. did. Your check bounced. Unfortunately, it must have. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, yeah, that's what. And, and actually, actually, the thing that really brought me online was on, on with Leaky was when... Do you remember when we had the, the first Vanity Fair oh. um, article? Yes. That was the first peak yeah, of those I guys in costume yeah. way back, way back when? Mm-hmm. It was the first look of them in costume anywhere. And I went down to my local store and badgered them into giving me a copy a day early. <gasps> And really? Scandal, the delete <laughs> and that's when they were like, uh, you should come work for us. Uh. And I said, okay. <laughs> well, listen, Kevin, thank you so much for coming and hanging with us. Uh, thanks for having me. It was, uh, it was fun. Hanging with Mr. Cooper. Do you think anything differently of the Harry Potter fandom now than you did about an hour ago? No, not at all. Uh, you guys crave a lot of enthusiasm, and it, it shows everything you do, and that's why the site's so great. And that's why. Yes, He's so yeah. nice to You're us. a sweetheart and a half. Oh, thanks. Oh, You've caught me on a good evening. So <laughs> that's good. Yeah. Only after six months of trying to get you on the show. That's right. Um, <laughs> I emailed him so long ago, like Kevin, come on Pottercast, and it just never. We actually, quit. we actually called Kevin at the live podcast, but someone's yes were so loud that we couldn't even. Oh, hear I'm so guy. tired of that joke. I'm so done. <laughs> Poor, poor Andrew, leave him alone. No, I love Andrew. He's my you're favorite creating, Andrew. You're I know. creating backlash because now everybody wants him to do the, to do the yes, and it's your fault. Are you kidding me? I have I have an Andrew Yad T-shirt. I got on a cafe. Okay. Someone made it. That's yes. 
Shall we go? Thanks again, Kevin. That was really, it was really nice to speak with you. It was awesome. Oh, thanks. Thanks again. Thanks for having me. I bow down in your presence, Kevin. Hi, okay. little dog. Bye. bye. Kisses. And See ya. I hope you survive book seven. Goodbye. Goodbye. Mm. Did you hear that? Bye. I'm shaking her to try to get her to me. You know what, actually, I heard the reprieve. I heard that she was going to kill Dollish, but after she heard that you named your cat after Dollish, she had to give him a reprieve because she couldn't she kill off your do cat. You hear, do you hear that? She's scratching on my microphone. She's, she's like, I'm going to get to that crazy job. I'm going to get to him. <laughs> she's actually... Look, she's licking the mic. Well, she's not John? peeing on my picture. No. <laughs> she did. Yeah. She did. All right. Yeah. I'm out. It's oh. been fun. Just go. You're wasting time. See ya. Have a good week. See you for 47. Getting 47. closer and closer. 47. It's a lucky number. Woo. We've missed it. W-3. I confess myself disappointed. Now, if you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> Just go, you're wasting time. <laughs> that's Eeyore from Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I thought, Kevin. Just go, you're wasting time. You're wasting time. Thanks for noticing me. Okay, so the 2006 Podcast Awards, they are at www.podcastawards.com, have opened their nominations process, and you have all already started voting for us. Thank you. That's really sweet. Uh, there's been enough interest on our feedback forum that we thought we'd give some instruction to it to make sure this is all done fairly and correctly. Now, first of all, you can vote once a day. So once you hear this, go to the link from the main page of pottercast.com once every day to enter your vote. Nominations are decided upon mostly on how many people vote, so we do need your support support in that area. Now, we know some people don't really like it when we take time to self-promote like this, especially as you've shown us such amazing support in other areas in the past. However, seeing this kind of support from you does mean that it justifies our spending even more time on the Pottercast each week, keeping it your favorite Potter show. So if you'd like to show your support to make sure that we can do so, here are some instructions. Firstly, you can put us in only one individual category besides Podcast of the Year or Best Produced. There are a lot of categories, but the Podcast Award people have asked that you not duplicate outside of those two special ones. You can pick Podcast of the Year or Best Produced plus one more category. The category that we'd love for you to consider nominating us in is the Culture and Arts one. We feel that most adequately sums up what we do here as a combination of film, literature, and arts reporting, and other on and off topic entertainment. If you don't like that one and want to submit us in another category, please consider People's Choice. Again, this means that you can submit us for the first category, Podcast of the Year or Best Produced, then choose the other. Now, you're allowed to vote once a day. Vote once a day with one of those two main categories and one other category in the same ballot. Make sure you enter a valid email address because they will do, be doing random verifications as the competition reaches its next stage. We are going to leave the link to the nominations right at the top of Pottercast.com so that you can go there every day and use it. The nominations go through July 15th. We'll remind you. Don't worry. Thanks a lot for your support as always, and we'll see you soon.